Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 245. Don't read the manual. And by that, I mean uh, find your own way in life. Um, don't follow the herd. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest who's here all the way from Kent in the United Kingdom, Nick Vizi. Nick are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I've got a tank full of radioactive gas. Let's oh, go. gosh. All right. Hold on. Nick Vizi is a man with X-ray vision who lives in Kent in the United Kingdom. He creates art that shows what is really what it's really like inside of his subjects. Nick works with radiographic imaging equipment and takes photographic art to a completely different level. His images are a classic example of the fusion between art and science and they take us on a journey into a world that's usually unseen. While he works with many different objects, it's his work with automobiles, equipment, motorcycles, that brings him to Cars Yeah! today. Creating art with radiation is complex and dangerous, but you can find his work in fine art galleries around the world and in the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. I discovered Nick's work on Cars Yeah! guest Paul McGee's website, 95 Customs. And Paul was just on yesterday, by the way. So, Nick, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your career, your interests, and your passion for automobiles? Okay, so, um, hi, everybody. Uh, Yeah, I'm Nick Vesey, an English guy. I'm 53. I'm an artist. And as Mark kindly said, I make my art with X-ray technology. So you can see inside the objects that I X-ray. Quite recently, I've been working on uh, a project with uh, vintage motorcycles and uh, cars. My sort of future with the uh, automotive sector will be x-raying iconic classic cars, particularly Ferraris. Wow. Well, I can't wait to see that. That is going to be really, really interesting. We're going to learn a little bit more about how this whole process works as we move along. But I always like to start by asking my, my guests for a success quote. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Nick, take the wheel. Well, my quote really is, don't read the manual. <laughs> and by that, I mean, uh, find your own way in life. Um, don't follow the herd. 
You know, I love that quote. It's especially great for Cars Yeah, I guess, the entrepreneurial side of the people I have here on Cars Yeah. And you're definitely one of those people. I've had many artists on the show, but nobody that does the kinds of things that you do. And maybe you can elaborate a little bit on that quote with what you're doing with these X-ray photographs. Well, X-ray was invented uh, 120 years ago by uh, Wilhelm Röntgen in Germany. And it's been used mostly in medicine, but it's also used in industry. Um, But I guess I'm really the first person to take it and make art from it. There have been other people that have um, used x-rays for sort of non-medical and non-technical purposes, but I've built a sort of a career doing it. So why I use that quote, don't read the manual, is that I found something that was already existing, but approached it in a different way. And I've carved a, a, a career for myself doing it. And I'm a lucky guy. You know, I love what I do. I'm not the richest man in the world, but I'm one of the happiest men in the world. Well, I think being a happy man brings a lot more wealth to someone's life sometimes than money, for sure. And I'll tell our listeners that when you get a chance to go to Nick's website and look at what he's doing, it you sit there and look at these images you can do it for hours because you just keep seeing little things that you didn't see when you first look. So it's absolutely fantastic what you're doing. Could you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? If you can remember, is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy? Well, on the day I passed my test, I passed my test at 11 a.m. in the morning and I got a speeding ticket at 1 p.m. <laughs> so, um, I love cars, yeah. It's sort of they're in my blood. I'm a real petrol head. I can't help sort of drooling as I'm traveling around looking at other car candy. It's just uh, as a man, I like to know how things work. And using my sort of X-ray uh, expertise, that sort of it sort of opens up the machinations of cars. So you see why the engine is built like it is, and what it does, how it turns the drive shaft, the basics of the engineering. It doesn't show absolutely everything, but it shows most things. And, you know, these are beautiful things. They're designed from the inside out, and I show them from the inside out. I think that's one of the coolest parts of this. And have you always been someone that's been intrigued by the mechanical aspects of a car, or is it more of the physical beauty of the design? Well, well I'm a red-blooded man, so it's what it looks like to me is, is important. You know, if it's, it has to be uh, an aesthetically uh, beautiful thing on the surface. Mm-hmm. But the fun about when you're really into cars is tinkering you know is getting under the hood and tuning them and yeah doing basic servicing and repairs and things and as a kid when i didn't have any cash i had to do it it wasn't a, a thing about choice it was a necessity absolutely i got my hands dirty that way <laughs> i love it well talk about getting your hands dirty what i'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and as I say, get our hands a little dirty. I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. Being an artist, being a photographer is fraught with ups and downs, just like any entrepreneurial endeavor. But the most important part of this is how did you overcome that situation, that challenge, or even that failure? And what did you learn from it? Well, my niche is x-ray. And the difficult thing for me in the early stage of my career was getting access to the x-ray equipment. It's dangerous. It emits radiation. So you've got to have specialist training. I didn't know any of this. And um, these are in the days before the internet. So it's not just a case of going on Google and 
and, and doing some quick research and going from one link to another link to another link, which is how we do research these days. In those days, it was ring somebody, they'd give you a number, ring somebody else, you'd ring somebody else, leave a message, leave a message. It would take weeks, months, years. But eventually, because I didn't take no for an answer, and every time a door was closed in my face, I banged that door down and found a way through. I did go. get access to the equipment, X-ray to the equipment. And it was like a, a panacea for me. It was a life-changing moment. The first time I ever took an X-ray picture, I was hooked. What started this whole concept of t- using really, an, it's a camera, if you will, in some ways, but it's a very different kind of camera. Uh, did you just have an epiphany one morning? You woke up and said, I think I'm going to start X-raying things. Or Was there a, a, a moment when you went, oh, I'm going to give this a try? There was a dentist in uh, Massachusetts, a guy called Albert Richards. And in his lunch break, he used to go into the garden uh, around the, the dentist building and pick flowers and x-ray them. Mm. He had an article published on his work back in the 1980s. And by, just by chance, I happened to be in the States at that time and saw the article in the newspaper, and I kept it. And I came back to England, and at that stage, I was working in, uh, in uh, graphic design. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was in the recession before the latest recession. And I got made redundant. And my, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, she said, well, you've got an opportunity now. You, you know, you've got an opportunity to do what you want with your life rather than just going to work to earn money. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do? And I got this article out and said, this is what I want to do. And she went, you're crazy. How can you do that? <laughs> that was when I go back to that you know, story. The first thing I did was I rang up a hospital and said, can I come and x-ray um, some stuff with your equipment? And they said, no, we're too busy treating patients and stuff. But luckily, they also use x-ray in industry. Before um, pipeline goes under the sea carrying oil mm-hmm. to look for the cracks in the welds, the landing gear on an aircraft, that gets x-rayed looking for stress fractures because obviously that takes all the energy when the plane hits the runway. So, and those sort of companies that have that equipment, eventually they, they, they were the people that allowed me not to actually use the machines, but to stand next to somebody who used the machine and collaborate with them. Mm-hmm. And then I got the, um, I then got the real bargain, went on a course to learn about the health and safety issues and got a license to use the equipment. Then I started traveling around the world, sort of hiring time on different x-ray machines in uh, industrial x-ray companies around the world. And now sort of where are we 20 odd years on i've got my own purpose-built building which has got um walls that are about three feet thick of solid concrete that contain the radiation with several x-ray machines in it and i do everything here wow in in the middle of nowhere in in, uh, near maidstone in kent in the south of england my studio is actually uh, a cold war spying station oh my gosh that is so cool well you know, I'm the sort of guy you want moving in next door. You know, you don't want me moving <laughs> in next door. Next well, do you, when you walk around at night, do you glow in the dark? Yeah, yeah. I, I, luckily, I've got uh, two healthy children, so I haven't got any uh, permanent damage. Touch wood. Well, yes, touch wood. I love that that statement. Well, you married a very smart woman because her comment that you took a situation where you're out of work, and instead of saying "woe is you," or she said "woe is you," she said, "Now's your chance." Go do what yeah. you love. I mean, very, very brilliant woman. And uh, obviously, you recognize that and you married her. So, <laughs> Well, every, every cloud has a silver lining. You know, do you use that expression in the States? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's just sometimes it takes a while for that silver lining to come out. Yes, and you've got to be looking for it as well. So that's a key part. It's true. Yes, absolutely. A lot of entrepreneurs have started their businesses that way by looking for that uh, silver lining. And many times in the blog that I do each week on cars, yeah, I talk 
about that in particular, of uh, being aware, that was the blog this week, aware of that silver lining existing. Fantastic. Let's shift gears here, Nick, and go to the other end of the spectrum. Would you share one of those aha moments in your career, a time when the headlights came on and illuminated your way or the x-rays came on and helped you see inside of where you were going and tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Well, the breakthrough for me really was, um, this is a bit technical, but basically when you take an x-ray, it comes out on the film exactly the same size as the object. It's the same size process. Hmm. And the largest sheet of film is 14 by 17 inches. So in the early stages of my career, everything I x-rayed was 14 by 17 inches or smaller. And then with the sort of uh, advent of uh, Photoshop and um, Apple Macintoshes and design technology, it allowed you to sort of assemble uh, images from many separate elements. Okay. Now, when I x-ray, for example, my Mini Cooper, which is 350 separate x-rays, they are all x-rayed separately and then joined back together in good old Photoshop. Oh, my and that gosh. Was the, that was the aha for moment for me when I realized that I could work. It's almost like making a jigsaw puzzle, you know? Yes. You have lots and lots of pieces that come together to make the final picture. Wow. Well, this is really interesting because I had no idea that your image wasn't a one big image. It was pieces put together. So that involves a whole nother level of work and expertise into this yeah. uh, technical aspect of how you shoot images. I guess like that's why you don't see it so often because it is really hard work it's very very complicated yes to make an x-ray of the mini it took four of us three months wow oh gosh wow very interesting wonderful aha moment i love that how about proudest moments in your career i'm sure you've had many with all the exhibits you've done and, and the things you've done but is there one in particular you could share with us that really stands out that's really kind of you to ask that question mark i think the thing I'm most proud of is that um, last year I was invited to a museum in Massachusetts called Mass Mocha, the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art. Mm-hmm. And there they showed um, several of my works on an, on an enormous scale. Mass Mocha is the largest, largest museum in the United States bar none. There is no larger museum. Wow. It's an old mill from the industrial age that's been converted into a museum. And they've got these huge, huge rooms. And uh, yeah, this museum printed my bus at life size so it's 40 feet long so that that was great for my ego um and it when you're sort of accepted by a museum it gives you credibility as an artist yes wow well congratulations fantastic 40 feet that's incredible yeah life size to the bus holy cow <laughs> that's amazing let's have a little fun here what was your first really special vehicle a special vehicle in your life and Perhaps you could share a memory you had with that car or bike or whatever it was. Well, the, my first car wasn't really special, but my second car was very special to me. Mm-hmm. And that was, not surprisingly, an Austin Mini, <laughs> a Mark One Austin Mini. And when it rained, it used to stop working. <laughs> and it had drum brakes all around. And if you hit the brakes really hard, you'd do a, like a 360. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and your your backside is about six inches off the floor as you're driving around, you're bumping around all over the place. But you are really in contact with the road. You feel every bump of the road, and it teaches you to drive. And the handling on those things, if you've never driven one, it's phenomenal. You don't have to stand around. You don't have to slow down for, for bends. 
in Europe, we have these things called roundabouts, mm-hmm. and you can just you can just, you don't even have to break. You just go round. You can go you can go <laughs> a curve as fast as you can go straight because the thing has got such a low center of gravity and it's so light. Yeah, you don't have to lift. I in our pre-show chat we were talking about that, and I had a college roommate whose friend had one, and he would take me on rides in that car and scare me to death. <laughs> it was just yeah, like like a go kart. It is like a go kart. I wouldn't advise going on a long journey. On it, and obviously in the states you have those, you know, you have great distances to travel. Mm-hmm. But if you're just, you know, for a like a weekend run around having some fun, I really recommend them. Yeah, sounds wonderful. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you could have back in your garage? Yeah, yeah. I had um, a Lotus 1600E Mark II Ford Cortina. Oh, which wow! Is a, a European car, but it, it was um, it had. Um, Twin Weber carburetors, a 1.6 uh, highly tuned engine. It was a uh, late 70s, so it was all vinyl inside. It wasn't leather. It wasn't. It was a bit not not nice on a hot day, but <laughs> it had a lot of grunt. That car, a lot of attitude, a lot of street presence. And um, when I sold it, they weren't at all collectible. But now they're very collectible. Oh quite- yeah, yeah. Well, the Ford Cortina that was one of the first cars that the great uh, Formula One champion from England, Jimmy Clark, raced a Ford right. Cortina. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful cars. Now, is there a car that you've bought that shortly after you said to yourself, what was I thinking? A few. Um, (laughs) I think the worst one was I bought a a Jaguar XJS, which is like a a limousine car. Yes. And I had it for a year and I put three fuel pumps in it in a year and I still didn't fix the problem. Uh, It had twin petrol tanks. And for some reason, the fuel just didn't get through to the engine. Mm-hmm. I sold it for less than half than I bought it for in a year, and I probably spent three times what I bought it for in maintenance while I had it. <laughs> yes, I knew a guy in my past that had one of those, and he had this he had the big V12 engine in it. Yeah. And uh, oh, I think he had it for a year and finally went, I give up. Uncle, I'm done. <laughs> Beautiful yeah. car, fun to drive when it was running, but most of the time it wasn't running, so... Yeah, quite challenge those old Jags. Not anymore. But uh, how about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? You talked about this upcoming series of photographs of shooting Ferraris. That sounds great. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make a, an exhibition that just isn't so shown in, in uh, art galleries and museums, but it's also shown in maybe like a car museum. Oh, yeah. Whereby I show the inside workings of classic, iconic cars. I don't want to do modern cars. Modern cars are too complicated. Mm. I want to do the classics. Yes. And I've started, I've done a, a, I've obviously done my Mini and I've also done a Ferrari Daytona. Oh, cool. And I just finished a Volkswagen Beetle. I think you call them bugs in the States. Yes. So, yeah. uh, And the fact that I've started with a Ferrari has introduced me to a few other Ferrari owners that are allowing me to um, x-ray their cars. And some of these cars are like, you know, several million dollars in value. Oh, of course. Uh, so uh, I'm really excited about doing that. And my dream would be to actually show the x-ray of the car next to the actual car. Wow. Well, I can't wait for that to happen. That sounds absolutely fantastic. And there are some wonderful automotive museums here in the United States. Uh, some of them I've interviewed their directors uh, here on Cars, yeah, and I have some others coming up. So uh, I think you're going to be able to find some people that want to do that. Fantastic. What comes to mind is uh, be wonderful to X-ray Ralph Lauren's collection and then put those up with his vehicles on display somewhere. Well, you're the second person to tell me about Ralph Lauren's 
collection. Yep. He lives in, in, in Greenwich, is that right? Yes, I believe yeah. so. And oh, has yeah. a wonderful collection of cars that have been on display at many automotive museums and fine art museums. It was in the Louvre. They were on display here in the United States. So, uh, yeah, maybe we need to give Ralph a call and see if he can uh, loan you some vehicles. <laughs> right. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Nick. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Well, I guess I'd be uh, uh, another European car. Sorry, guys. It's, um, I'd be an Alfa Romeo. Ooh, and why is that? Because I'm good looking, but I'm unreliable. <laughs> I love that answer. That's why I like that question so much. <laughs> it brings out the uh, the true thought of somebody of how they think about themselves. A very nice, honest answer. Thank you. So, Nick, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a word from our sponsor. Carpe Viem. Seize the road. It's the motto at carpegear.com, where you'll find the Little Red Racing Car, an award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an international award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kid's book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves the little red racing car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Miglia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand, where you can find his books, shirts, and more that embrace his seize-the-road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at CarpeGear.com and be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's CarpeGear.com, C-A-R-P-E, Gear.com. All right, Nick, we're back and we're entering the last lap. The white flag is out. Time to put our foot down. And this is where I fire off a series of questions. And I'm going to ask you to give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Yeah. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Never buy a new car. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. Absolutely. Let the first guy take the depreciation hit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? The honest answer to that, I think, is I'm impatient. Mm. Yeah. I don't wait for things. I make them happen. Very good. A great attribute for an entrepreneur, business owner, artist, whatever. Awesome. Do you have a resource that you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy? It's a very eclectic resource, but I'd advise you to check out the Kent Vintage Motorcycle Club for some gorgeous old motorcycles from around the turn of the 19th to 20th century. Oh, wow. Very unusual motorbikes. Now, do they have a website you can go to to see these bikes? Okay. If If you just Google the Kent Vintage Motorcycle Club, you'll find it. Wonderful. Fantastic. And is there a book that you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy reading? This is just my favorite novel. It's nothing about cars, really, apart from the car crash in the story. And that's The Great Gatsby. <laughs> the Great Gatsby. <laughs> Fantastic. Classic, for sure. Scott Fitzgerald, that, that, the writing in that book is just so beautiful. The way he goes from sort of emotive description to hard action. Yes. Yes, yeah, great book. Wonderful. Great suggestion. Listeners, you can find links to all these great resources at carsyad.com slash Nick Avizi. And Nick's last name is V-E-A-S-E-Y. Nick, do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars and photography? Well, I don't know if it's interesting, but um, I'm into cycling. Um, oh, of course. I, I, I do long distance. Um, I do one vacation a year where I do long distance cycling. I've cycled from Switzerland back to England, which is a thousand miles. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. Wow. <laughs> 
That sounds like a lot of fun. And of course, Europe, what a wonderful place to go cycling. I mean, just the the scenery, the roads, and things are a little closer together. I think if I uh, rode my bicycle for a thousand miles, I'd maybe only get a third of the way across this country. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're up to the checkered flag. And this next question can be a real doozy for car guys like you and me, Nick. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and it's something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm going to write the check. What would that one vehicle be and why? Well, because of my previous experience with Jaguars, I should know better. Uh, (laughs) I thought long and hard about other choices, but it still has to be a convertible E-type Jaguar. Oh, you know, those cars have really exploded in value on the collector market as of the last three years or so. The Jaguar is the car that captured my heart when I was a little boy. My father bought me a Matchbox by Lesney, speaking of English-made things, and I still have that little red Jaguar to this day. It was the car that really got me started. What is it about the Jaguar XKE that just tugs on your heartstrings? It's the, well, the... Obviously, the, the fact that it's such a beautiful design, the the front of the car is so long, it just says it's powerful. And those sort of, um, the wire wheels, God, they're just six. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you had a chance to drive one of those? I have, yeah. Yeah, oh. I have. Yeah. A friend of mine keeps keeps his one in a air-conditioned garage, brings it out in the summer. Mm-hmm. I've been lucky enough to give it some, yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're sitting in those cars and driving them, you do feel... Pretty special, almost like a chariot because of that long, beautiful, rounded hood. It is a work of art. They're just absolutely beautiful. I'd love to have one of those. That's the perfect description, Mark, a chariot. A chariot, yeah. In a chariot. (laughs) They feel that way. When I was a kid, I had a detailing business, and I had a customer who had one. It was a little bit later than the Type 1, but it was a V12. And I just remember driving that car from his house back to my house to detail it. And I just felt like I was a king with this, you know, all these horses in front of me. It was just a fabulous car to drive, and he never had the top up. It was San Diego, so he always had the hard top. He had one of those hard tops that you could take off and put on, but he never put the top up. It was always off, so fantastic. California, that's the place to have a convertible. That's the place, absolutely. Well, Nick, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've so enjoyed your stories and learning about the intricacies and how you take these images. It's just fascinating to me. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Jaguar XKE? Firstly, it's been my pleasure, Mark. You're a nice guy. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, And my parting thought really is that it's a beautiful world out there, but sometimes you have to look very hard to find the beauty. But it is worth looking. Absolutely. Great, great thought. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and what you're doing? Well, um, obviously, I have a website with lots of links to videos. Uh, There's been a TED Talk um, and uh, some very great uh, documentaries made on my work, all of which you can access through my website or just Google me. I have a a YouTube channel, a Vimeo channel, or my website is www.nickvz.com. Fantastic. Well, listeners, I encourage you to go to that site, check out all of these things about what Nick is doing. It's just absolutely amazing to me, and I can't wait for the next stages of your creations to come along with uh, all these new projects coming along. It's been fantastic. Appreciate you calling in all the way from over the pond, as we say here, and I think you use that term as well. 
It's been yep. really fun talking to you. And again, you can find links to everything that Nick has shared with us at carsyad.com. Just put Nick into the search box and his show notes page with links will pop right up. Nick, thanks again for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. It's been great fun. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Oh, the best. Cheers. And you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.